This is the intro song for my asshole brain. <laughs> this is part two of our discussion on gender. If you haven't listened to part one, please go back and listen to that one before listening to this, or else you might be a little lost and confused. Or maybe you're always lost and confused. Um, and in that case, just listen away. But some of the stuff that this comes into play with, too, is even with um, uh, parenting. Uh, one of the things that, one of the quotes that came up was that uh, fathers whose sons don't fall within societal gender norms can even feel like they've failed as a parent if their sons don't fit these, these stereotypes. I remember one of my best friends when I was a kid, her parents had, so her brother was 10 years younger than her, yeah, 10 years younger than her. So when we were like 12, 13 like when we were 10 he was a newborn so and I remember me and her and her little sister one time playing with him and basically dressed him up like playing baby doll yeah and I don't remember what we did we put him in something like frilly or something and I remember to this day her dad walking in the room and about going through the goddamn roof because we were dressing him up all girly and it was gonna make him gay yeah and he lost his mind and i mean this is a man he like when he got that baby boy he was fucking ecstatic like he wanted a baby boy like that typical like ah i have another man to teach man things right but you can't play sports with your daughters or teach them how to hunt and fish well no you can only do that with with boy children yeah and i remember him losing his mind about it so Ava did that a couple times with Xander, and I told you my oldest, my friend would babysit him, and he, I would go over there to pick him up, and he'd be dressed up in necklaces and stuff like that, <laughs> and it was never an issue, and my ex-husband never cared either. He yeah. was great about that kind of stuff, too. Like, never really fell into those yeah, traditions, so it was a non-issue. But there was one time when my older kids were having a party at Build-A-Bear, and my youngest, uh, I was walking around the store with him, keeping him entertained while the people there were you know, working with the kids and they had little wigs that you could put on the bears, which were the perfect size for Xander's head because <laughs> he was not even a year old. And so my friend and I started putting these wigs on him <laughs> and I have several pictures. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and there was one guy there who goes, you think your husband would be okay with you putting those wigs on him? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he would think it was funny. Like, really? My son's, like, maybe nine months old, and you really think that my husband's going to be pissed off because I'm putting toy wigs on right. him? How dare you <laughs> queer up my son in the Build-A-Bear store? Like, the idea <laughs> that I can somehow impact my son's masculinity right. and sexual preference by putting a toy wig on him on, as a baby. When he is not any kind of a sentient being. Couldn't even talk yet. Yeah. Like my, response to, my response to that would have been, well, sir, my husband loves his wig, so I don't understand why he'd have a problem with me. Like, like first of all, what's your, your fucking business? And second uh, of all, like, you know, the assumption that you cater to your husband's opinions and... There's, yes, there's a lot... Like, there's so much stuff to unpack there. With what this guy said. But those are some of my favorite pictures that yeah. I've ever had. And it's so ridiculous to me that this guy was troubled by what I was doing enough to ask me what my husband would think. And I just, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? All right, like He would think you're a dick and you're overstepping. Get the fuck out of my face. Right. I know, Chris. <laughs> Can you put the dress down and come talk to this man? <laughs> It was ridiculous. 
But, we, you know, that was something we always, we tried not to enforce those things. You know, we let our kids play with what they wanted to play with. Jack naturally went to stuff that was slightly more masculine, as did Xander. Like, Xander was obsessed with Cars, the movie. Jack loved trains to a certain extent, but it was loved dinosaurs, which are considered masculine. I don't know why. Like, they're an animal. Yeah. But... Uh, typically you see more boy stuff with dinosaur things on it. Yeah. That was what he was super into. Ava liked both, but she, I mean, she liked girly stuff too, and yeah. she embraced that. Um, but then she also went through phases where I, she wanted nothing to do with skirts. Like, for a while, all she wanted to wear was dresses and skirts, and then after after that, she didn't care. Yeah. And it's not like any of us have ever been like, oh, you have to wear this, you can't yeah. wear that. When she wanted to put one of her old dance costumes with a tutu and makeup on Xander and put him in pink cowboy boots... I took fucking pictures, right? right. Like, you want to talk about Bodrina? Or is, it, is that something we can't discuss? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, don't worry. Bo doesn't listen to this podcast, I promise you. But, <laughs> yeah, my daughters, uh, they, I guess they were bored when they were staying with their grandparents. And they got him all dressed up and made up. And I have pictures that are going to come out whenever he gets married. You know, that at the, the rehearsal dinner. Yeah. That's going to... Well, I mean, in some of that, again, it's little girls playing dolls. Like, I have a real live baby doll here like of course they're you know that's just it's our practice putting makeup it's just thing, on though. yeah it's, you, you understand that it's, that's pla- same, it's plain that's yeah. same, not there's no like Bo's older sisters weren't like ah, 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 it's not now like, he's gonna be gay there's no agenda <laughs> <laughs> like, like mean, they didn't have some nefarious goal not that they would care if he were <laughs> right they, but they, it's you know they, it was a busy summer that was just one small thing they were jumping on the trampoline swimming in the pool riding a four-wheeler uh, building a shed and working with tools I mean yeah. his, him and his his papa built a, a spud gun a potato cannon uh, I mean so a gambit there right. activities whatever yeah masculine and feminine alike yeah <laughs> it was just things to kill the time over yeah. the summer right. yeah you know it's it's plain like that's thing like yes plain you know does kind of structure some of you know children how they grow up that's their learning this is how i become a people but that doesn't mean like adults assign all of these things to the actions of children and it's just like it, they're children. They put a lot more weight on things. Yeah, that it doesn't. That yeah, you don't need to psychoanalyze it. You don't like need Dexter to worry had about a year it. like when he got super into Moana. He thought that movie was awesome, and he wanted to go not as what the big dude Maui. Like right. he saw something he wanted to go basically as Moana. Like she's with, the hero. Yeah, with like her neck. And I'm like, what's <laughs> okay. wrong with that? Like she's the hero in the movie. Like she's the kick ass one. She just happens to be a girl. Yeah. But there's no, like, where is a problem with a boy recognizing the cool, good hero and being like, I want to be that person. And not acknowledging or caring that that's a girl. Right. And again, that... If, if a girl wanted to dress up like a boy, she might take some heat for it, but we would consider that more socially acceptable yeah. than for a boy to because dress she, up like a girl. Because she's aspiring to the better. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Because it's I not... dressed up, I went around at Halloween like two different years. I went dressed as my dad, basically, like as a businessman and carried <laughs> like a briefcase and like they drew like a little pencil mustache <laughs> thing on. Like, and everybody thought that was funny. If I'd had a brother and he'd want to go like out like as a housewife and like an apron and carry a rolling pin, everybody would have been like (laughs) there was a a halloween where my parents had a party and we dressed up for it as well before we were banished to our rooms to go to bed where my (laughs) brother dressed up like 
like a fortune teller, like a woman fortune yeah, teller, like a, you know, like the like classic, a gypsy. yeah, like a, a Romani. So, yeah. you know, she had, uh, she, well, she was, you know, he had the scarf, he had earrings in it. He was hilarious at it, you yeah. know, and it was so funny and, and it was like, he got into it and he really adopted it and he even did different mannerisms and yeah. we just, it was great. And it was not. Nobody thought it was weird or embarrassing. It was a fucking costume, right. right? Like, that's all it was. No, it wasn't a big deal. I dressed up, like, as, like, a hobo clown one year with a... I think I did the same thing. I think I had, like, a fake beard on and yeah. a big old belly, and it just wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And the fact that it ever would be. Now, Steve, I'm curious, because you grew up with older parents. No. Somewhat older. So they were from, like... A very different generation than like Stephanie's or or my parents mm-hmm. were from, but your mom worked on the farm and did like labor. So even though she grew yeah. up in an she, she grew was, up in an she era, she's the oldest, yeah, of four, and she went to school and she came home and she drove tractor until the sun was down, and then she did homework and she helped with chores around the house, and then she went to school and did it all again. Yeah. So she and but she was, in many ways at that time. What was that? Fifties. Yeah. That yeah, because you were born. Sixty six. Yeah, and so that was before obviously she got married and such. So that was in the fifties. She was doing manual labor. Yeah. And stuff a lot that, of places, yeah, like a lot of people would have been horrified by that, or thought that she should have been tending to the house. Right. And that the male children should have been dealing with the stuff outside. Well, now the interesting thing, you know, we, we talked about the the self-help groups in the 70s. Um, that was one of the things they talked about. The industrialized society had taken away um, a lot of the natural uh, environments that men had or what have you. Uh, well, but in, in, the, in a rural setting, especially on a family-run farm, everybody pitches in. And there may or may not be... A division of roles between the genders but in you you just don't always get the choice you get whatever kids you get and you need help you need help and and even the work that you would do at that time as a woman was still hard work like cooking and laundry and stuff like that like you were still doing I'm gonna say yeah that stuff labor. was physical labor stuff. Yeah. you didn't have and you feeding know, animals and the automated yeah. like I mean even like the indoor like yeah the women's work you didn't necessarily have the dryers and the washers no. and stuff that we have now. You were still and hanging. You're still tending to yeah, things. You're still hanging clothes out. You know, you didn't have fucking microwaves to make no. TV dinner. Like, yeah, I mean. But you didn't, you weren't brought up in a, your parents were very equal. You weren't brought up in a household where, like, men and women had very specific roles. Were you? I mean, I've never gotten any sense of that. You certainly don't have any of that well, in I mean, you. Well, <laughs> there was not. There were roles. There was a division of labor. They had a division of chores. But there was never anything I heard mm-hmm. about there being a specification. It like was this just, is yours because you're the woman. This is yours this because divided. you're the man. I, I mean, well, my dad had an office downstairs in the basement. And that's where the washer and dryer was. He did all the laundry because he was down there to take care of it. And there are certain people, though, who never would have even considered that because they would have considered it woman's work woman's and it would have been to, emasculating. And to him, to it was practical. Whole, right. And, yeah. It <laughs> made sense. But between them, it was practical. Right. Yeah. 
But some people wouldn't care about the practicality. They would yeah. only care about the fact that that's not man's work. Yeah, and I'm so, like, you do the laundry. I'm not doing the laundry. Right. And yeah, that... I know people even now that that kind of thing would be, well, no, why would I do the laundry? Well, because you spend a lot of time down here and you're next to it anyway. Well, what's your point? Like, I know people now that would be that way. Yeah. Well, I... I was having a conversation about how I pretty much do most of the laundry, and Ava was like, well, why doesn't Steve do it? And I said, well, he does help me fold and put stuff away. I said, the only reason that I'm the one who does the dividing up and choosing like what goes into each load and how it's washed is because there is certain shit that I own that needs to be washed a certain way, way and can't go into the dryer and I don't want anyone else touching that stuff. It has nothing to do with him being a man. Because he used to do laundry all the time. He was a single dad. He had to do all the jobs. Yeah. And so it's not that I don't think as a man he can't do it. It's I have control issues and that's my shit and I want it to last. So don't anybody touch it. I'll take care of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So single dad for eight years. But even before that, in my first marriage, um, my, my uniforms, I was literally specifically... Do not touch my uniforms. Don't wash those. Yeah. I will wash those. I will press those. Because you I will knew clean those. how they needed to look exactly. Because, and because you wanted to be responsible for I'm your responsible. appearance. I could be inspected at any time. Yeah. And if I do something wrong, I don't ever want you to be responsible for my uniforms not being up to specs. That I can never blame you. I can never do anything if I do mine. I always took care of my uniforms. and it, uh, But originally when I first got married, she couldn't cook. Except crafts, spaghetti... Out of a box. Hey! There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, but that was all she could cook at first. There's nothing and wrong with that. How and hard is it to make an egg? I just don't understand how people say they can't cook. <laughs> but how do you get it to cook with the shell on it? It doesn't make sense. How does it cook? Oh, you're so pretty. No. You're a failure as a woman because you don't know how to cook, Stephanie. But oh, but that had... was the only reason I was a failure as a woman. <laughs> I had to cook. I had to do laundry because she didn't know how. She actually had to go spend time with her aunt. She had to talk her aunt into helping her learn how to cook stuff. And then eventually her mother taught her how to sort and do laundry I just never thought about it because then again when I was growing up when in high school my mother went to work she got her license as an LVN and she went to work state school so my dad works my mom worked um I cooked dinner half the time if I wanted to eat and I enjoy food <laughs> like I enjoyed eating. I had learned to cook it and I grant you I started with mac and cheese out of a box well, but, yeah and eggs you know if you can learn to the like 53 different ways to cook an egg you can cook anything yeah. and eventually it I just think I know five <laughs> But yeah, I, know, I think I, I know think four. I know <laughs> but that, that's the thing, though. Three if you I, count hard boiling. I just grew up in a house where there were, there really were no discussions about this was this person's work or this is woman's work or that that's man's. Yeah. There, that did not exist. It was just there are things that need to be done, and people gravitated toward the ones they wanted to do, and then eventually they shared off the ones that they didn't. Nobody wanted to do. Well, there are certain things that I don't, I told you for whatever reason I hate cleaning out the fridge. So I made a deal sure. with Steve. I said, I will I will clean the bathrooms if you will clean out the fridge. Of course, I really kind of got fucked over in this deal because bathroom bathrooms need to be cleaned a lot more frequently than That's the fridge true. does. But I also mow because I enjoy mowing. I like yeah. being outside. It gives me a workout that's not on the fucking elliptical because right. that gets boring. So I get exercise. I get to be outside. I like my yard. So when I'm out there, I'm also looking at what else is out there that needs to be taken care of. And See, and I have, like, there's, I work with people that, like, have never taken the trash out. They would be, and by people I mean women, like, that, you know, 
they have a boyfriend. Like, he takes the trash out. That's his thing. Like, yeah. They're horrified at the, the idea of taking out trash. And I'm like, it's never crossed my mind for that to be an issue because that tended to be one of my chores growing up. Like, I took the trash out. Probably because my parents didn't want to do it. And they were like, fuck. How did trash t- become a gendered chore? I don't know. Because you put too much stu- stuff in your trash can and it's too heavy. So you need a man to lift or it. Or it's dirty. I don't understand I don't... the logic. Although Steve does tend to, yeah. to take on the trash. But again, you know, I clean the bathroom. So yeah. some of the stuff we do are stereotypically gendered. Yeah. And we fit with that. And then there's other stuff we don't. He goes to the grocery store because I fucking hate it. My dad. So I mow. My dad did the vast majority. Like, I mean, when I was younger, my mom cooked. And my dad's an asshole. And, like, when people don't do things the way he would do them, he likes taking them over and basically keeping them from doing it. Point being, he did the vast majority of cooking. Like, when people talk about their household setup and they talk about, like, they're the ones, like, that make dinner the most, like, as the woman, uh-huh. that actually in my head is always strange to me because when I think of who cooks dinner in a family unit, you think of I always dad. think of the, the guys, the yeah. dad, because generally speaking, my dad came home from his day at the office at work and went straight into the kitchen and made dinner. And not like he made spaghetti and meatballs all the time. Like, he made legit kick-ass real meals. Well, and, we alternate cooking, and whoever cooks, the other cleans. Yeah. And yeah, my mom tended to do the dishes. Yeah. Until she got pissed off that my dad refused to get a dishwasher. So then she was like, fuck it, I'm not doing dishes. So then I did the dishes or he would do them <laughs> after he cooked. But you know, yeah, there were certain things that, you know, I actually equate to being male jobs that would generally actually be the woman's job. Yeah. But that's just because. And that really should be how it is. Like, that shouldn't be a gender specific. Yeah, I'm going to say there shouldn't job. be nothing like that. There shouldn't be like. Oh, well, you know, the women makes the dinner, the women does the right. dishes, she washes everything, and, you know, and the man does all the yard work. Yeah. Like, and obviously, what does it matter? Like, one person hates doing this thing, and the other person doesn't mind it or likes it. Yeah, like, my grandpa on, loved, do it. my grandfather loved to garden, and my mother had, or my grandmother had polio when she was a kid, um, and she wasn't severely disabled because of it, but it affected her legs and it made it hard for her to walk and be on her feet for an extended period of time and like kneeling and getting up and down was not going to happen. Yeah. And my grandfather enjoyed it and so he chose to do it. And he did a lot of the stuff around the house that would be considered traditionally uh, female roles in large part because my grandmother couldn't. Yeah. And and that's what gender equality is about. It's not getting hung up on these things. It's, It's everybody finding their place within... The relationship in the family. And that actually just reminds me, my grandmother, like my dad's mother, used to mow the grass when they were kids. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying one time that my uncle had come home on the bus and had actually requested that she try to be mowing the backyard when he came home. Because apparently other kids on the bus gave him shit about his mom mowing mowing the grass. That is so stupid. Because like she was out front and like, you know, she was probably like dressed kind of like a like somebody mowing so you know probably didn't look you know like perfectly coiffed and you know at first i was gonna say she was wearing like a bikini or something and then i'd be like well i can understand why you might be embarrassed i don't think so that doesn't sound like my grandma but yeah like basically one of the kid, like some of the kids gave him shit about his mom being out front mowing the grass and i'm like that's so stupid like who fucking cares it's getting mowed yeah it needs to be mowed and she did all the other you know she did stuff with the flowers and other things so it's like on one hand why doesn't that make sense? Like, if a woman's stereotypically the one that does all the plants and the bushes and the flowers and all the pretty because stuff, if it involves, why wouldn't she do the grass? Because if it involves 
tools. Put your mower. Well, well, also keep in mind though, like there was a time with older mowers that it would have been it a lot more labor did. intensive, yeah. right? And yeah. and we can, well, yeah, I'm gonna say she would have had you know a straight up push mower, like the like, old timey ones with the blades. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, it would have been, been way more work. And I and and. I'm not trying to say that every job could be done equally as well by a man or a woman because, let's face it, men are naturally stronger. That's yeah. just physically how they're built. And so there are going to be certain jobs that are going to be physically easier for men to do. Right. And there are certain jobs that women might have a better aptitude for. Like I remember hearing a long time ago that women tend to make better surgeons because they tend to have like a steadier hand or better manual dexterity, mm-hmm. or maybe it's because of the size of the hands. I was gonna say it's smaller hands against stereotypically orifices. <laughs> now I don't know if that's true anymore, I, and I don't remember the justification for it. Um, I thought it had something to do with uh, um, just in terms of having a steadier hand, but I don't recall. But I can see where, because there are physical differences in men and women, that there might be some things that women are better at doing yeah. and things that men are better than doing. We can't ignore the physical yeah. differences, which is where, honestly, if you want to get... This is a, a, a big one that's happening now with more people transitioning, is what does that mean in terms of sports when you have trans people participating uh, because if you are female and you, tra- you transition to male and you compete with other men who were born male, you're probably going to be at a disadvantage. Yeah. Although the hormones that you take can say, help because it does increase muscle mass well, and, that was and things say, like that. But then you run into the, you also have the, the issue, which can be actually an issue if they're taking hormones and doing hormone therapy, yeah. the argument that they're using performance-enhancing drugs because oh, yeah. they're getting a testosterone and androgen yeah. and things like, things that... But it's only, it's... it's, it's only bas- a- Yeah, it's basically to put them to the same level, right. presumably, that the other men are. But I have heard that those are arguments. And then there's the can, flip side. Yeah, where you take a man who's transitioning to a woman and... Even with hormones, there's only so much that hormones can change about your body. Especially if you've already gone through puberty and you take hormones after puberty, there's only so much change that can happen physically in your body. You know, you're you're liable to be taller and have more muscle mass. mass Your center of gravity is going to be different. different Because men is in their chest and women is down closer to their uh, their waist, like or it's closer to like between their hips. How do you determine who can play what? Because you don't want to discriminate and you want to be inclusive, but at what point is that? Does that person have an unfair advantage? I'm gonna say, and that's where you run into the things where you know people talk about, you know, like well. They're trans, so they're not real women, and that's where you get the thing. Oh, like, that's an there's an entire section again of feminists who um, turfs, turfs and swerfs. Yes, which we are not condoning or a part of that particular ideology, but they absolutely believe that yeah. if you're not born if you female, you yeah. have no right to call yourself yeah. woman because you don't have the same experiences. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you would have had different experiences if you weren't if you didn't grow up. Yeah, right. Like there's certain things you wouldn't have gone through if yeah. you weren't born female. But at the, at the same time, you know, like. I think I even mentioned this one before. Um, we have a mutual friend that has recently been transitioning. And she had said something about being on the hormones and saying it was super weird to be 
going through puberty in your oh, 30s. Yeah. I have a and, student who's doing that yeah, too. Yeah, and I was, and when I saw that, it kind of made me chuckle because I was like, man, that's a thing I never even thought of. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, first of all, you're getting puberty a second time because oh, yeah. you already did your first go round, and now you're doing it again, but you're doing it on the flip side and going the whole other yeah. opposite direction. And yeah, they didn't, they didn't have the same experience as we did at the same ages. Because you don't have to deal with periods and things like that. And granted, that is a pretty big part of being one. But there are people who were born born that way who don't. So that would, if you're saying that someone who wasn't born female, like if you're someone who never had a period, you're not really a woman, then that means that there are a lot of people. You're excluding a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Right. I have a a relative whose uh, child has a medical condition and she, I believe, has already had a hysterectomy and she's not even like five. Oh and it's God. because of this medical thing she has. So presumably, she's really not going to go through a lot of that standard stuff. Yeah. Does doesn't, that mean she's any less female? Yeah, it doesn't mean she, You know, and it's, it's the same thing when you people talk about, you know, like, well, you're not a real woman until you have a child. Yeah, that's, that's not fair. That's bullshit. Lots of, <laughs> yeah, lots of women can't have children. Right. So you're saying to all of those people, well, you are... First of all, you're telling everyone that they are literally nothing more than an incubator. Yeah. That that's the only thing that makes that's them a woman. That's your sole purpose. But you're also yeah. telling this whole subsection of people, a lot of whom probably very much want to be able to do that, that, well, because you can't actually birth a child, you're not a woman. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. Like, again, it's what we... As so how does it feel to not be a woman because you haven't had a baby? Right. <laughs> there was, there Apparently was it's fine because whatever. <laughs> Someone I know on Facebook posted a clip about this, one of these little positive notes of the day that says, you know, a child is God's way of giving meaning to your life. And I just look, I had to answer back and go like, seriously? I think there's something wrong with this That's statement. a fucked up way to find a meaning to your life. That is really... Because kids are exhausting. They are. And that's also insulting to anyone who can't or does yeah. not want to have children. That implies your life has no meaning. Tell, tell my stepsisters that their lives don't have meaning because they don't have children. So, Those so bitches do all kinds a... of shit I can't do because I have kids. They're living the fucking life. So not only are you talking <laughs> about the biological definition of having the kid makes gives your life meaning, but now it has to... They brought in the religious implication, too. It's, yep. I'm like, oh my... Well, that's Face it, but that's but that's built into Christianity. The idea of procreation and the importance of that is part of that anyway. Uh, well, well, and uh, it's partly we, subservience, and yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. again, to- all of these things that are standard social constructs that it's just you know, it all comes down to definitions of yeah. what gender norms are. Yeah, dealing with people who are transitioning that is certainly opening up a lot more yeah. problem. I don't want to say problem, but yeah, I mean, they're how. We want to be inclusive. We want to be accepting. But at the same time, at what point is somebody well, having an unfair advantage? Growing up, a friend of my mother's transitioned. So this was back in the 90s, which... Oh, that would have been really unusual at that time. She was a in her late 60s, I think, when she transitioned. So, you know, not only was it unusual, for lack so of a better word, late. at that time... She was much older. She was very established in her career. Is that how old... Was Caitlyn Jenner in her 60s when she transitioned to? I think she's... fifth, Late 50s, early 60s. Okay. Uh, my mother's friend was in her late 60s. Okay. Very established in her career. Friends were lost. Professional ties were... Did she have children? She did. Her children at that point were very much grown adults. I don't know a whole lot about that aspect of it. Um, so you don't know if she I don't kept know. A yeah, I don't really know how that was handled or dealt with in 
in that thing. But that was super strange. Like, at that point, it was a thing, like, you know, maybe you saw about it, like, heard about it in a movie or something, but it was not... Where it seems now, there's much more focus on it. And there are more things in place for people going through that. And there's more of a... I think there are more options available. Yeah, and there's, there's more, more options. It's more, it's more widely... Because I, I think when she went through it, honestly, it was still considered... This is just a full-blown mental disorder that we're going to kind of play along well, with let's... you. I mean, there can be dysphoria to it, you know, and there's arguments back and forth in that in general about how prevalent the dysphoria part is. I think what I was getting to originally when you said the thing about people transitioning, people have been transitioning for a long time, really. It's just, I think it's it's becoming easier in some ways. It's, it's not, Well, it's more common. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not difficult to, you know seek people out that can help you with that whereas i'm sure when she did it you know obviously the internet was not a huge thing so it wasn't like she could get on there and figure out you know who do i go to to right. get how do i the hor- yeah the hormone treatment started and the surgery is done like whereas now there's a plethora of information there are whole online communities of people going through the same thing and th- i i absolutely love that like just seeing and I know that doesn't make it, I presume, I don't know anything. I assume that makes it a lot easier in some ways than it would be otherwise because you do have a community. You do have people that can kind of help get things rolling for you. So maybe you feel a little less alone than you might have, like that friend did when she was going through it 30 years ago. Oh, I, and I'm sure that's the case. Uh, and I would love to have someone come on here who has transitioned or is transitioning to talk about this because I don't want to transplain. I know. I'm not right. an expert on this and I've not gone through it. Uh, so I don't want to presume to speak for anyone in that community. Right. It's not my Well, and that's why I said, I when I said I know, I said I assume. I don't know. Right. I have no but, idea. But there are things that are still still need to be acknowledged because while, yes, there is... There's more support for it. In truth, there is still a lot of obstacles that come in yeah. to play with this. So, And still a lot of 80, misconceptions yes. and violence and just, yeah. So by and large, just some numbers here. Um, since two, 2013, the Human Rights Campaign and other advocates have tracked more than 130 cases of anti-transgender fatal violence across more than 30 states and nearly 100 cities. 47% of trans people have been sexually assaulted. Black trans women are victimized more than any other group, which can be directly related to sexism and racism. Um, one in three trans people live in poverty. 40% of homeless youth are LGBTQ, so that's not just trans, but it's by and large, people who've been rejected by their families right. for being gay, for being bisexual, for being trans. Uh, 21 anti-trans bills were introduced by 10 states in 2018. So even though we're working harder in some ways to provide more protections and give them more support. So there are other people working just as hard right. on the opposite side. 84% of trans youth feel unsafe in their classrooms, and 30% of trans employees have been fired, denied promotion, or experienced a form of mistreatment at work. And all this stuff is from the Human Rights Campaign, in case anyone's interested. They've got a really nice PDF you can look at that has all kinds of information. I'm not even touching on all of it. We could spend an entire episode on it, but again, since no one in this room is trans... That's not our place to do it. Right. It's not... We would like to raise awareness, but it's not our place to speak for them. 
Uh, so so that, that would be a guest yes. kind of thing if someone wanted to come. Obviously, we're not addressing right issues that we... We can't speak on behalf yeah. of, of people who have, have different experiences than us, but we can still talk about some of the things that they, they face. Right. Uh, now, you had talked about dysphoria, and I had a conversation with my friend... Mindy, by the way, because she uh, is a therapist, and I was having, and I was asking her because we had been discussing like gender dysphoria. Because one of the things that people use to discredit transgender people is to say it's it's simply a mental illness. Yep. That this is not a legitimate thing. That nobody is actually born feeling one gender that doesn't match their physical sex. It's a mental illness. And so these people use that justification to deny them certain rights because they feel like we're just indulging people who are sick. And so I said one of the reasons that I hear people saying about this is they, they bring up the dysphoria. And I said, so can you explain to me the difference between actual... Uh, dysphoria or dysmorphia or um, I think that's one of the terms too but definitely I think dysmorphia is in there too yeah okay Um, so she I said so what what is the difference here because she said that and here's a statistic it says transgender individuals may experience feelings of dysphoria connected to primary and secondary sex characteristics like genitalia facial hair that are incongruent with their gender identity so when you have other people who have dysphoria that are genuine that are part of a mental illness it's when they're not actually seeing what is true. So they are seeing a distorted version of themselves. So when you see like this, the body dysmorphia with someone who is... Um, like has an eating disorder. Yes, yes. Anorexia, for instance. When they look in the mirror, their mental illness causes them to see a reflection that is not accurate for what is really there. So they will actually see themselves as being fat in a way that anyone else looks at them and is like, no, you don't look fat. They look in the mirror and see someone who weighs 300 pounds when in fact they weigh 95 pounds. Right. So they're, in that sense, they're not, what they see is not congruent with reality. Okay. It's a distorted vision of what they really are. When it is associated with someone who is transgender, they see themselves for who they are. They do not have a distorted version of what they see. They just don't like it because it doesn't match it doesn't who match. they are inside. So if you feel female and you know in your heart that you're female and you look into a mirror and you see male sexual characteristics, characteristics you are going to experience dysphoria because it doesn't represent who you are. So that's the difference between that is the a, two. Thank you, Mindy, for that. <laughs> yes, thank I, you, Mindy. I'm for very appreciative because I've never had that explained, and obviously it's something I probably could have researched. And then, and that's, that's so, a very... So for people who are saying, oh, it's a mental illness, and they're, they're using that as a justification, no, these people don't have a distorted view of what they look like. Yeah. It's just that what they look like doesn't match who they are. They are. And, and a lot of us have had that situation. I think I'm 20 fucking five. And when I look in the mirror and I see wrinkles, I'm like, God damn it. I'm not an old woman. Why do I have like chicken necks sometimes? Right. And that's, and that's, I'm kind of making light of it. But the truth of the matter is we all have an image of ourselves in our heads of who we are. And when we look in the mirror, like when I gained a lot of weight, the person I saw in the mirror didn't look like who I, I was. And so I had a bit of dysphoria there because it, 
what I was seeing didn't yeah. match with the who I thought I was in my brain. Right. Now, it wasn't a mental illness for me because it was just um, not really loving yeah. what had happened, the, the evolution of my body from a series of <laughs> unhealthy life choices, yeah. right? Um, but that's not a mental illness. Right. And it's it's when what you're seeing is 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 a distorted version of reality that's that's when it becomes okay. a mental illness yes. and that's a that's a huge uh, distinction i'm going to say yeah the distinction there is like i said thank thank you for that because i like that helps break down in my head yeah yeah but the, but and one of the reasons that they struggle so much too is because of course they might have certain beliefs about what they should be based on their definition of gender and yeah. if it doesn't fit what society is telling them, that can create a lot of depression. And that goes for people who aren't trans, too. Anyone who's been in a situation where they're being told they're supposed to look, act, think a certain way because of their gender, and they don't want to, that's going to cause problems. Yeah. That can cause depression. It can cause anxiety. It's, And that's why, circling back to the original topic of men, that's why so many men struggle with depression to the extent that they kill themselves because they're being told that they're supposed to act and think in a, and yeah. feel a certain way. Power through that shit. Don't be mopey. Yeah, suck it up. Yeah. Grow a pair. Yeah. Grow a Grow pair. Bear. Right? Yeah. Or what? You know? Ovaries? Yeah. Those are pretty cool too. Come on. Thanks. Anyway, what it all comes down to is that these things have, are are always changing too, and they differ based on societies. But anytime you have norms that are causing one group of people to be repressed or treated differently, or to feel like they have to act in a way that it goes against their best interests, it needs to be reexamined and it needs to be addressed uh, because no one should should kill themselves because they feel like they can't express emotion. Yeah. Just because it's a societal norm doesn't mean that it's even remotely correct or logical. That's an excellent point. Just because something's normal doesn't mean it's okay. Yeah. And you can change yeah. the norms. And I mean, yeah, and a lot of what is a, a lot of what have been previously considered societal norms and you know, where you get the pushback from, you know, hardcore conservatives or old you know or traditionalists yeah the old, boom, the old boomers which you know <laughs> the boomers are kind of the ones that get crapped on now yeah about, we like to know, scapegoat them <laughs> yeah which you know i mean to be honest some of the boomers rolled into the hippie kids too so they're not all bad no my but, parents didn't partake yeah. in these norms at all but you know that's where so much of this stuff comes you know things that were societal norms 30 years ago are things 40 years ago it used to be illegal to marry someone that wasn't white if you or what? Like you couldn't more, marry outside your race. Yeah, you couldn't marry outside your race. Like, it was literally illegal. Right. And that was just an expected societal norm. Because that's what was normal. Yeah. So it's like, just because it's a norm doesn't mean that it's correct or right. Well, that's why it's important to re-examine these norms. Right. And... Especially because who put those norms in place? Right. And typically the people in power get to make the rules. Yeah. And a lot of times those rules are designed to keep them in power and keep other people out of power right. so if your norms are designed to subjugate entire groups of people those aren't great norms right so it's really important to re-examine these things on a regular basis to check and see what is working and what isn't 
and update those. And I know that a lot of people are afraid of change, and that's why you have people who cling to tradition because they don't like the idea of, of stuff not being like it always has been. But you have to have the courage to call out something that is unjust right. and damaging and change it, yeah. even if that scares you. Sometimes it's not just the change. Sometimes it's just the rate of change in, in the world at large. It can be too much. So many things. Technology changes so fast. Yeah. These social norms change so fast. The laws, the fucking tax codes change every goddamn year. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... It gets overwhelming. The, 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 the culture shock value reaches a point where people would prefer to just shut down. It's like, you know, no, screw that. I, know. I, only, I can only deal with so many things today and your number's not going to come up. I just don't want to deal or with Or they that. think that, oh, they think that there's so many other things that are outside of their control. They cling to the few things that they think are within their control and they become hyper-focused on those out of a desperation to keep something the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you gotta evolve adapt or die and when you live in a fast-paced society as much as you may wish it would slow down you gotta fucking keep up or you're gonna be left behind there are people who also question how fast that that the fast-paced world is causing some of the mental aberrations that go on and that's a Yes, I agree that there's there's only so much that people can accept, and I do think that there are certain ways in, in which we have changed for the worst, and that it would be nice if we would kind of go back to other ways, like of communication, like maybe not spend so much time. Yeah, I'm going to say social media and things like that have, you know, they've done studies, anxiety yep. and depression, so that stuff has increased. And, and but... You, you can't not be on social media for a lot of things, too. Yeah. We've already talked about this. We could go yeah. on another. Right. <laughs> so, at, at, yes, it, it can be scary and it can be difficult. But the fact of the matter is there's only so much we can slow down. And you, yeah. you've got to be able to, if we want to have a just society, you have to protect people who are vulnerable. You have to protect yeah. Equality, which means sometimes moving things and changing things way quicker than would be ideal normally, because it's a matter of making sure those people that are minorities and are being marginalized are we're pushing them to get them equal or somewhere not even remotely close to that, but to a much better place than they were previously, because we can't just let it sit and move at a normal pace because it's literally putting people's lives in danger. Yeah. It's a like matter it's of a, life and death. Yeah. You can't take it slow when people's lives are at risk. Right. Sorry. It's just, it's not a luxury. Yeah. See, Sorry that this is inconvenient and yeah. that you didn't want to have to do this, but like literally if you don't, a whole section of people is in danger yeah. of violence or... Victimization. Yeah. Just, discrimination. Right. Yeah. And, and, and those people who are, who have the privilege of being in power or a voice that other people are more likely to listen to have to use that right. to speak on behalf of people who don't have a voice or who others are trying to yeah. shut up. But you, sometimes we also have to be the ones to shut up and let them speak. Right. Use your privilege wisely. Yeah. But don't use it to yeah to run, run over other yeah. people. Give them a chance to That's talk. That's why I said wisely. Yeah. Don't be a prick. <laughs> Don't take more than your fair share. Right. Don't white splain. <laughs> Don't cis splain. Cis splain, exactly. <laughs> oh, so I'm not. Don't be it. a dick. Basically, I feel like we say that a lot. How about just don't be an asshole? Yeah. 
So. I mean, it literally is that easy in the grand scheme of things. It is so easy to just not be a dick. Just be kind. Yeah. So, all right, well, it's not a competition. We're, We're all, all fucked up. up. Bye. Bye. We are not scientists, medical professionals, or mental health experts. We are simply two people interested in discussing a topic that affects everyone, either directly or indirectly. We are not expressing expert opinions, and anything we say should not replace medical advice or treatment. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, especially if you are thinking of harming yourself or someone else, please seek the help of a mental health or medical professional. The number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273-8255. You can also chat with them online. Take care. My Asshole Brain was written and hosted by Amanda Green and Stephanie Coons. Artwork by Doug Tolls, produced by Stephen Beasley, and presented by Greasley Enterprises. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.